0: Hello, hello to all my wonderful partners and friends. Today, I want to just talk to you from my heart. And I have a lot to tell you. In fact, Chad is over here. He wants to ask me some questions too that he thinks would help you. And I'm going to be very open with what I want to say of what the Lord has put in my heart to talk to you about. But Lord, we come first and Lord, I pray that you will give me the words to say, to say them just right. And Let this be for your glory and only your glory. Bless your people. Speak to each one of them, Lord God, I pray. Let this be a blessed, intimate time today. That the Holy Spirit will use to bless many hearts and lives. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen, amen. Please make sure to share this with your friends because Chad and I were talking earlier about the things that may be coming our way the next while. And how do we prepare for them? Because I'm hearing a lot from people like my son-in-law, Michael, whom I was with today, and from pastors on what's happening today inside the church. I said, and I've been saying it for the last two years, that I have believed, and I still do, that persecution is coming globally to the whole church. Now, we know uh, over 300 million Christians are under persecution today. Uh, Every day I pray for them. And I want you to join me, please, to pray for our wonderful brothers and sisters in the Lord that are suffering in many countries. But now I think we're going to see it expand globally, not only into the West, but into areas of the world we have not seen or heard of persecution in the past. And so what are we going to do as believers when it hits hard? Now, I have been saying it for two years or more, and uh, today I was talking to my wonderful son-in-law, Michael, and he said, you know, Bobby said, you've been telling us it's coming. He said, I can tell you it's begun. It's really here. You're right on what you said.
1: Pastor Benny, what would you say to the young generation in these days that we're seeing so many different things Um, like your son-in-law, Pastor Michael, and you are talking about, there's persecution happening, even in the West. What would you say to a young Christian just starting in the relationship with the Lord? How to stay strong, especially when they don't see as far in the Spirit yet or um, see things prophetically, like someone like you would, who is far in the Spirit?
0: Well, first of all, I'm glad you brought it up because it is the younger generation that uh, I'm concerned about. I told my dear son-in-law today, I said, I'm concerned about you and Jesse and my children and my grandchildren, and I think you all feel the same. And, you know, the the persecution we're beginning to see in the West hasn't yet really hit hard. I think it's just the beginning of it, from what I'm hearing uh, from different people and what they're going through. So I think it just started. So maybe it's not as recognizable as it will be in the future. Number one. Number two, I I think it's really important to understand that what the Lord wants of us is exactly what Paul said to Timothy where he said that a soldier of Jesus Christ cannot be entangled in the affairs of this life. And remember that the Bible says that the Lord came to save us from this present evil world. In the book of Acts, when Peter was speaking to the crowd, he said that. So, I think it's very important that we obey what the Bible has to say today to us, about living the Christian life, cleaving unto the Lord, getting hold of life eternal, and just living a holy life, and not allow the pollution of the world, or the problems of the world to affect us. So, I want to talk really freely with you parents, and you young people, now you parents that have children, it's and especially if they're young, like my grandkids today. I have you know one five year old, one seven year old, and then some older. Now my you know sweet Lily just had a little baby. Judah is only a month and a half, and I think about them. So I I remember uh, people like Bill Gaither. You know he did years ago. He did a beautiful album. Well, there's a song on it that talks about how you should train your children at a very early age. Prepare them at a very at, at a very early age. And and also the grown up ones, be open with them, be honest with them about what the Bible really has to say about the coming days. And I think it's time we all study. In a real clear way, two books, Daniel and Revelation. And here's why I say that, because we are about to see the prophecies of these two books and Ezekiel's uh, vision of the war, uh, mentioned in Ezekiel 38, they're going to happen. But I think we ought to start, you know, really studying these books to prepare our hearts for the coming days. Yeah, okay. You know, I've had maybe more time than some of you young people to read the Bible, to study the Bible. But when when I was young, you know, the world was very different, very innocent. Uh, we grew up in Israel in a, in a very innocent way. We didn't have Internet. We didn't have what they have today. And when I got saved, same thing. Later when I got in the ministry, not much different. Everything changed, everything changed only a few years ago. And now all of us have to readjust our thinking to the present world. But, but more than ever today, more than ever, we cannot be a part of the affairs of this life. You know, back in, in the 70s, America was different. You had um, preachers on prime time like Billy Graham and Oral and Rex Humbard Sunday morning from the cathedral of tomorrow and all of these men and Catherine Kuhlman and others were on secular TV. There was no such thing as a preacher on Christian TV because Christian TV began in seventy three. So and even when when Christian TV began for a long time none of these uh, wonderful servants of God were on Christian you know channels TBN began in 73 and it didn't really take off till about 77 78 when things began to change so think about uh uh someone like uh, in today's daily shows the Oprah Winfrey's of the day and the others would have preachers minister not only the gospel, but minister to the sick. I remember when on Phil Donahue, many of you probably haven't even heard the name, or Mike Douglas, another one who was a a daily program in the day, he had Oral Roberts, Mike Douglas did, preach the fourth man on his show, secular TV. And Phil Donahue had oral, had Billy, had Miss Kuhlman, and so many others. Uh, Johnny Carson had Billy Graham, Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine had a standing ovation on the Johnny Carson show. Billy Graham, the applause was so wonderful from the crowd when Billy walked on. It was a different, different world, a different America. I remember, I remember the day. On a secular, uh, TV show, a healing evangelist showed up and the host said, Go pray for the sick. And there were healings happening in the, in the, in the studio. Well, you know, these days were, were wonderful days. I remember the days of, you know, PTL when, when Jim and Tammy Baker had more people watching them than people on secular TV. The largest, I think, audience ever was when Ted Koppel interviewed Jim and Tammy at the time when things were not going well at, at you know, PTL. But, you know, that's all history now. So the day was, the day was when America was having real revival. Churches were growing, ministries everywhere, healing ministries all over America I mean so many people were praying for the sick back in the early 70s I remember oh my goodness in Canada in the US uh, healing evangelists like myself and others were everywhere today uh, how many healing evangelists do you know that are that have any impact little so it's a different world and it needs a different answer So, if you asked me that question back then, I would have given you a whole different answer to say, go to church, read your Bible and pray. Today, what I would say is, not only go to church and read your Bible and pray, but also be alert more than ever. Make sure you study the scriptures, especially portions, That talk about today. And there's a lot in the Bible talking about today. So we, we really need to hear the voice of God through His Word more than ever. And I think a lot of, a lot of scriptures today apply in a growth, in a greater way, uh, in a stronger way for us than they did then in the 70s. For example, nobody thought then about Persecution. Nobody thought about difficulties like we're seeing arising today. So it's imperative, it's imperative we know the prophets and it's imperative we read the whole Word of God, not just parts of the Bible. I think the biggest danger is when people don't know the whole Bible and 80% today of young people in the church have not read the whole Bible, 80%. And I've read that in studies, and so on. In addition, 40% of preachers have not read the whole Bible. So what can, you know, how can you defend yourself when you don't know the Word, when you only read parts that you understand? And ignore parts you say, well, maybe I shouldn't read that because I don't understand. No, no, no. The entire counsel, the entire word of God must be understood and read. Even parts we don't understand because within parts that maybe you don't understand now, not my case today, I, you know, I understand every part. And I'm not boasting, goodness, I better understand every part after 40 something years, 47, 8 years in ministry. No, you. I read the Word today three times every year, right through. Every four months I read it. Because I want to finish strong. I want to finish well. And I think the only way I can, as a minister and as a Christian, is I want to know the book. I want to know the Bible in a way that maybe I didn't know it in the past. And I'm already changing the way I see life. And I see the faith in a whole different way, having read and reread and read and reread the word. So, at night I I, I don't watch TV. I think I told you that uh, I've, I've I've stopped watching TV. I think almost five years ago now. And what I do at night is I again read my Hebrew Bible or I read uh, Christian material dealing with uh, the history of the church. Or, I do enjoy certain writers, old writers, that uh, work mighty men of God, great men of God, and because there's so much rich material in the old books, Christian books I'm talking about, but that's about all I really do, and I'm telling you, my life has been so enriched as I've done that, I'm not asking you to quit watching TV, let... Let God tell you that. I'm I'm not asking you to cancel this and cancel that. I just feel if you really, really want to be strong in the Lord and be ready for the future, it's time to do exactly what Jesus said deny self, die to self and the world, carry the cross, and follow the Lord with all your heart and the cross is death the cross doesn't speak life it speaks of course it, it is a symbol of death and it imparts life to us of course it imparts life to us but the symbol of the cross is death and what Jesus was saying is we are to die to ourselves our desires and the world don't let the world pollute your life and one of the most important things I ever heard from the greats of the past is how easy our minds can become polluted again. You know, the Bible talks about. Now I'm hoping you know I'm not taking too long in answering one question. But but I remember when the Lord showed me the first time how demons operate from Matthew chapter twelve. Demons uh, don't like losing uh people all of us at one time all of us at one time were under the control of Satan all of us at one time were uh, influenced and harassed by demons then we got saved and were free from the power of darkness those demons are territorial they come back looking for vacancy the Lord said And once they find it, they go and get more devils, more wicked than they, and come back. And the condition of that person who is not living the life becomes worse because more demons now are in their life. But what are they looking for? Are they looking for the gifts of the Spirit, these demons, when they come? No. There are a lot of people that have gifts and are, (laughs) forgive me, uh, oppressed by devils. They're looking for the Word of God. Only the word of God keeps the devils out. Not gifts and not, forgive me for being blunt, not even the anointing. People who are anointed are not protected without the word. The word is more important than anything in our life. God's holy word, the Bible. Because the Bible reveals Jesus. And God has magnified His Word, And it's those who love the word that cannot be touched by the enemy. Great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing, nothing will touch and offend them. Nothing. So the Bible has got to be studied. The Bible has got to be known more than ever. So that's the only way I know to protect yourself. And the word of God in you will produce a life of prayer will produce a life of holiness. The word is what changes us. You know, Paul talked about, you know, looking into the mirror of the word. And through that we are changed from glory to glory into his image. So, yes, prayer is important. Yes, fasting is important. Yes, going to church important. But the Bible is more important than all that. Because without knowing the word, going to church is not going to change your life. Like the word will change your life. And a lot of pastors, sadly to say, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but some of them are not really teaching the Bible. They're giving people hope. They're giving people some talk. And if I can get really honest, they've, many of them have become so political that the gospel has been kind of lost from their preaching. They attack the government. They attack people in uh, authority. The Bible doesn't tell us to attack anyone except pray for them. It says pray for those in authority. Because that's so important. I mean, come on. Let's just listen here. Let's just, you know, be really blunt. When Paul the Apostle wrote those words, the Romans were in authority. And I can tell you right now, the Romans were really bad. Okay? Nero was a madman. He was killing Christians. Pure corruption in the Roman Empire at that time. Yet he said, pray for them. He didn't say fight them. He didn't say attack them. He said, "Pray pray for them. Today you got preachers in America attacking the government of the United States. Stop it. It's not in the Bible. We pray for our president. We pray for those in authority. Yes, I do pray for Biden. I'm sure some of you don't like even hearing me say that. He is the president. We have to pray for him. Pray for those around him. Some say, well, you know, you shouldn't say that. No, the Bible says pray for those in authority. In, 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 you know, never says only if you like them. Just pray for them. We have to pray for them. And I think it's time to stop becoming so political. Jesus never told us to be involved in politics, to get all tangled up in politics, or whatever else the world is, is involved in. Love them. Pray for them. That's our job as Christians. As Christians. Did I answer your question? Absolutely. Fine, what else? How can how can we love them? How can we pray for them? Well, I mean, how how does the Bible tell us to pray for them? You take them before the throne of God. Think about what can happen. Well, let me just say this first. Let me just say this first. You know, Paul the Apostle was not a nice man before he became Paul. He was Saul of Tarsus. Somebody prayed for him and somebody gave him the word and you know who that somebody was? Stephen we know that he stood there and consented and approved and supported Stephen's death Stephen preached the gospel to all of them and Saul heard it but somebody probably prayed also for Saul and I think one of them was Stephen who said Lord forgive them remember that? that? So who prayed for Saul at that time? Stephen who said, forgive them, Lord. Don't hold this against them, Lord. And I think that probably touched Saul of Tarsus deeply when he heard that young man pray that prayer. So the Bible tells us to pray for them, not to hate them and attack them. He could have said, you know, think about this. Stephen could have, could have said, judge them. No, he didn't say that at all. What did Jesus say on the cross? Forgive them, they know not what they do. No, it's time we pray according to the word and let our example, let our light shine, let our example win them by loving them, by doing the things we need to do to show our Christianity. By helping the poor, blessing the poor, Being kind and loving, even our enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them that despitefully use you. Let your light so shine among men. God is kind, it says, the Lord says, God is kind to the wicked and the righteous. He's he's kind. We have to be like our Heavenly Father. Show them the love of Jesus. And use wisdom. Wisdom. In how we approach them. In the way we answer the questions they ask us. No, people in general are not evil. People just don't understand the love of God. They don't understand what the Bible teaches. Let's show it to them. Let's show it to them. You know, I preached to a lot of people when I was in India a very elegant and well-known actor with his wife came to see me. They were not Christians. And they wanted to know more about the Lord. And as I began to talk about the Lord, the lady said, "Uh, who are you talking about? I said, Jesus? Jesus? Oh, forgive me, she said. Who is that? She had never heard his name. Never heard his name. And then, and then, I had to go to the beginning and go right through from the start, which is very hard. When we talk to people who at least have heard the name, you at least can start with something. But when someone hasn't heard the name of the Lord, then you have to go to to the very beginning explaining the Christian faith. And when I came to the to the spot to say he rose from the dead, she stood up and she said, Can go, can can we go meet him now? Oh I said, ma'am, he's alive, but he's in heaven now. He he ascended to heaven. She would not even wait for me to say that part. The second I said he's alive, she said, Let's go meet him. And that precious woman and her husband gave their heart to the Lord that night and they both looked at me and said it's a miracle what you told us is a I said yes it's it's it, it is a miracle when you when you discover the love of God and I've had other people question me but not one of them was nasty to me they just came and asked I used to get invited you you just listen to me I used to get invited often years ago, to the Hollywood parties in California. And I, in many ways, became the pastor to many of them. And uh, I would go to these events, big events. And the first time I went, <coughs> the host came and said, we want you to pray. I said, I will, and his name was Arthur. I said, now, Arthur, I always pray in Jesus' name, Oh, he said, fine with us. Do you know when I got up with 3,000 people at the Century Plaza Hotel? All the movie actors, all the many producers and directors, people you would know and recognize. When I said, in the name of Jesus, at the end, they began to applaud. I was in shock. I I was in shock. When Mr. Bijan, who was a very famous man in Rodeo, there's a big store called Bijan on Rodeo Drive, and he was a friend to me. And I will never forget when they invited me to speak at his funeral. And all those people sat in front of me. And then I was asked to speak at his memorial at UCLA. UCLA. And I preached the gospel to those people. They clapped. And I had people from Iran come up to me and say, we want to run your program on our TV for free. They were so touched. Humanity just needs to see the love of God, people. If we show them the love of God, we can win them, we can win them. When I went to Indonesia... I went to the house of the president about a year or so before that. And I'm glad you've asked me those questions about all that. And I know I'm still talking, but I you know, and I'll be done in just a little bit. I sat in the house of the president of Indonesia, a Muslim man with his very elegant wife. And I said, Mr. President, I have not come to Indonesia to preach politics. I've come to preach the love of God. That man stood up. He stood up and opened his arms and said, Welcome to my country. And we had a million people come to our crusade in Jakarta. And and, and all I said is, I'm not coming to preach politics. I'm coming here to preach the love of God. That's all it took. So, think about how powerful love is. We can win those sweet people out there. And many of them are sweet people. They just need to see the love of God. Not the, forgive me, the legalistic religious spirit some people show. There is mockery of, of the gospel. Total mockery. Jesus is not like that. And you see some of these preachers, not all of them, thank God, that, they, that they, you, you see clips of them here and there. And I'm thinking, dear God... Have they lost their mind that they've become so involved in politics to be screaming on the platform? Back when Trump was president during the election, I couldn't believe my ears and eyes. When, when I was be sent clips on my phone of, of what some of them were saying. So pro-Trump, it was like, where did Jesus go? Well, where have they taken my Lord? You feel like, you know, Mary Magdalene. Where have you taken away my wonderful Lord? No, no, we don't focus on people running or not running or for president or no, no. We focus on the Lord Jesus. And we pray for whosoever is in authority, no matter who they are. And I just think we win with love. Not with hate and uh, all the stuff people get involved in. Any any other questions? Because you know I want to pray. Yes, I'm so and, sure. and that's the only way to really get ready for the coming days. Frankly, wow. yeah.
1: It's you know it's so because sweet.
0: in their peace we will have peace. Wow. When we pray for our city, our nation, the Bible says, "In their peace we have peace." And so that's what the prophet said. Jeremiah said that to the Jewish people who went to Babylon. He said, "Pray for." the Babylonian authorities because in their peace you'll find your your, your peace go ahead it's so powerful sir and I, yeah, I think now more than
1: ever so many more people have voices now because of their own social medias with their family their cousins distant family distant friends are following them what if we all instead of posting about political posts or, or other, other things that don't really matter what if we allowed the love of God to shine through our profiles, to shine through each and every one of us, the impact that
0: we can have. We will have win the end. world. If we can show the love of God, we will win the world. But when we get involved in uh, hot subjects on social media, and we take sides, we lose. Yeah, we just lose. So I think taking sides is not smart. I think we've all done it. We've all said things we shouldn't say, and then had to pull back and say, no, that was not smart. I think today there's a lot of things going on out there and we just need to frankly if you really want me to be blunt I'll just say it let's be Jesus people again let's 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 be on the side of the Lord rather than on his side or her side we're on the Lord's side and as long as we're on the Lord's side we we can talk to all of them true Christians will win okay but those who get involved in his or her problem, or his, or her agenda. We just can't win. Yeah. So it's about... And pray for everyone. Pray for everyone. You know, pray for the Middle East where I'm from. Pray for every nation. Pray for all of them. Because they're God's people too. May I tell you something? Real quickly and then I'm going to pray. There's a lot of precious, precious Arabs... That love the Lord. A lot of them. A lot of them. And we need to pray for them. So, you know, let's use wisdom. And let's be Jesus people. Just Jesus people. And we will win, I promise you. Lord, I thank you for this time with our wonderful partners, your people now. Bless them. Use them in the coming days. Strengthen them mightily. Don't let anything affect them, Lord, no matter what happens out there. Let their hearts always be connected to your heart. Your word declares that your affection be set on things above, not on the world. Let everyone listening to me, let everyone, Lord, watching and listening, come closer to you than ever. Bring them closer to you than ever, Lord, than ever. That they will know your wonderful presence and wonderful fellowship and hear your precious voice daily in their life. And I pray for the young people, Lord, that are listening to me. Oh, Lord, strengthen them mightily in the Holy Ghost. Let them become mighty in you, Lord. Let them become mighty in you. Use them to win their friends and relatives and close loved ones. Oh, sweetest Jesus, bring peace to their hearts and use them as shining lights in these amazing days. In Jesus' name. (sighs) Troubled days will become amazing days if we do what Jesus said to all of us. All right, thanks for joining me today. Sorry I took longer than normal. I think it was important. And now let's give to the Lord's work because giving secures our future financially. And giving is the command of the Lord. I mean, God did not give us an advice. He said give, (laughs) and give is the commandment. So, and God said, let no man come before me empty. The Lord, uh, we honor him, and the Lord wants to be honored not only through our worship and service and love and praise, but also through our giving. For it says, honor the Lord with your substance, not just your worship. And you know what is so precious is every time we give, our seed goes into our future. We don't lose it. It comes back, multiplied many times over. All right. Thank you for allowing me to spend the time with you today. Much love and thank you for being my wonderful partner. And wonderful friend, so let's sow the seed right now. You see the uh, 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 information there, uh, benahin Ministries, or just do it on the on the platform you are watching me on, or simply you can text BHM four five seven seven seven. I think it's all there for you right now. So bless you. I'll see you again. Bye bye.